at WSAU.com as well. Opening of the deer season here in Wisconsin, and that uh, can only mean one thing. Merle Kelch is hunting. So, of course, we welcome our friend, the attorney, Alan Haugam, uh, for making financial sense here on WSAU. Alan, uh, w- what are your plans uh, for the hunting season? You know, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to let all of those hunters uh, take care of things, and we're going to educate the public. We're going to turn the estate planning world upside down today, Mike, and then uh, we're going to uh, enjoy some venison when uh, they get it processed. I'll be, I'll be glad to partake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Me too. I think I was scarred as a kid. Um, most of the hunting days were, like, wet and cold uh-huh. and 33 and a half degrees and soaking and, like, come in and, I'm like, I just can't do it. Uh, yeah, that that's the way I was, too. First off, I should not be trusted with a firearm. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, I'm, I'm no better than my dad was, and I, I don't know how many times I saw my dad uh, just completely whiff and miss on... You know something. We 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 had some good times hunting, but still, yeah, nothing. I love the, the woods to get outside. I say everybody get outside. Now we'll take the next nine days and maybe just put a pause on that. But before, absolutely. After, I will spend hours and hours and hours in the woods, just enjoying it. I absolutely love it and mm-hmm. fresh air. Even you know December is great. It's crisp. It's cool. It's perfect. I love this state. But uh, maybe these nine days we'll just leave it to uh, the fanatics in Orange. Yes, indeed. So everybody, if you're out there uh, partaking, be safe. And, of course, we're glad you we uh, you brought us along Absolutely. here for uh, making financial sense. Because as uh, Alan, Alan has never been uh, this uh, antsy to get on the radio. Because, again, as he says, he's turning the estate planning world upside down. Uh, what does this mean? Does this mean you're opening, uh, like, say, a, a third office in uh, Park Falls or something like that? You know, I don't know about Park Falls, but Mike, maybe, maybe there might be some announcements in 24. Not today. Okay. We'll, uh, okay. We'll, we'll we'll tease that. But no, the uh, you know one of the things that uh, that that we think about here, you know, with the the financial side of it, making financial sense. There's there's financial news not every week, every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, and it's up and down. And if you look at the graph of your investments, it's you know like one of those heart monitor EKG things where it's up and down, up and down, and up and down. And you, you lean back a little bit, and you know hopefully it goes up and to the right, you know over time, and, and generally does. But uh, uh, with the estate planning, sometimes there's not as much uh, regular excitement, you know. So when we think about it, we really do think about more long term. It really is uh, uh, the long term plan. Uh, I was reminded. Uh, recently, we got some new numbers about this time of year. Uh, it and it's regular; it's every year. We get new numbers for uh, long-term care for the the nursing home side of it, where they say, you know, how much can you keep? And, and a lot of it deals with how much can a surviving spouse keep if uh, something happens that that one spouse needs long-term care of some kind, assisted living, nursing home care, those kinds of things. Um, if you're single, of course, you get to keep two thousand dollars out of your life savings. And $45 a month of your income. Think of, you get to keep $45 of your social security, which is, you know, it's it's almost insulting. It's not indexed for inflation. I mean, it really is ridiculous. For a surviving spouse or a healthy spouse. So if, if one spouse needs long-term care or nursing home care, uh, the healthy spouse, the amount that they can keep does change very slowly. Uh, over time. And and we're waiting. So what happens is the federal government puts out some numbers and then Wisconsin, you know, they adjust it for mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of our local uh, uh, kind of in-state adjustments. And then they release them, you know, sometime between now and, and the first year, probably in the next four weeks. So we, we got the, the federal side of it. Uh, we were reminded every year, we, we get reminded that, that they're involved. 
So we're kind of waiting. And, you know, one of the things that, that comes up is people will say, well, if, you know, if, if I don't do anything, you know, how does this work? Well, if you don't do anything and one spouse needs long-term care, uh, the healthy spouse has a limited uh, kind of array of things that they can keep. So uh, they get to keep, they could stay living in the house, not keep the house. You know, some people say, well, if my, if, 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 you know, Bob needs nursing home care, at least I can keep the house, right? You say, well, that's an old rule. Uh, you, you can stay living in the house. But what happens is the state uh, kind of moves forward with there's a, a, a right that they will eventually have to put a lien on your house. Now, they mm-hmm. don't do it immediately, but they can put a lien on your house. And it's just a nursing home lien. It's like a mortgage lien, you know, for people who've long since, you know, paid their mortgage and things like that. Um, and so they can put a lien on the house. And someone says, well, well, then I don't get to determine where that goes. So that you're telling me that house doesn't get to stay in the family or the and, and the state really doesn't want your house. You know, there's no one from from Madison that's going to, you know, uh, no bureaucratic suit is going to come up here and start living in the house uh, just because your spouse needs long term care. What happens is they just put a lien on it eventually and say that they restrict the movement of it or if it gets sold, that that they have a right to the proceeds. Mm-hmm. So it, it becomes you know, a little bit difficult for some people to, to grasp that, you know, they paid for, uh, this house over this, you know, 30 year mortgage, this, this kind of blood, sweat and tears of, of getting up early and, and coming home late and paying for it. And, and now someone else reaps the reward of it. And you say, yeah, that's, that's the system, uh, whether it's good or bad, it's just one that, that people should know about, you know, and, and the rules for this, you know, are, are, are strict. They say you can stay living in the house. They won't kick you out. So don't ever worry about that. You know, every once in a while we have someone worries. They say, they're going to kick me out of my house. No, they, they don't do that. Um, what they do is they would say if one spouse needs long-term care, you can stay living in the house. But the, the, the expenses are something that now are yours, and you don't get your spouse's income to help you pay. And you go, wait a minute. Well, what if we had, what if that was the breadwinner spouse? Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and uh, he or she needed nursing home care. Now, I get to stay living here, but I don't get, you know, that social security or I don't get that, that maybe there's a pension sometimes, a small pension. So those go toward care. They let you keep $45. You know, that's the famous $45. <laughs> uh, but you have to pay for, pay the bills, you know, out of not only just the, the, the house bills, all the bills. You know, it's, it's the easy things like real estate taxes. It's insurance and, uh, you know, uh, mowing the lawn and plowing the snow and, you know, all of those things. But but also just the bills, you know, the bills, food, all of that, health insurance, you know, the Medicare supplement, you know, that all comes out of your side now. And you go, whoa, wait a minute. So what do you do? You know, what can you do? And there's really two levels of it. I would say we have some things that happen if uh, uh, if there was no planning whatsoever. So if you didn't do any planning whatsoever, sometimes people will come in and say, I literally just cannot live on um $45 of my spouse's income. That that just isn't going to, I just can't pay. What, what do I do? You know, and there's there's kind of an exasperation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do you handle that? So there's, there's a kind of a protocol for it. You know, we have a department in our office that just does that 40 hours a week. You know, they talk to people in that situation because it's prevalent. You know, it's prevalent and it's it's a crisis situation, you know, financially. Uh, and, and you just don't know where to turn. So there are some things if someone said, well, you know what I want to do? I just want to keep a couple of extra dollars for me. The state says I can't, by the way. So I filled out all the paperwork. They told me I can't. Is there anything we can do? And, and there's some things you can do that, that are, I guess, I'm not on the first page of the state website or the first page of their bullet points as to what you can keep. But, but can, we, can we move things around to try to keep more than $45 a month? Can we move things around 
to try to keep some of your spouse's income, even though they need long-term care, just because you need it to live on. So I would say that's step one. Uh, and, and maybe we kind of, you know, walk through that today about, you know, what are the steps, you know, what do you do if you haven't done anything? Um, and then, you know, if, if you could, you know, have the presence to take a look at it and say, well, what could I have done just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, what does that look like? So, yeah. And, the, and there's a lot to digest oh, absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Uh, that you just brought up because of course the first thing is what happens in this absolute worst case scenario. You can't take care of the spouse anymore. Things have got to change. They've got to go into a home, which obviously has expenses tied to it. You know, there's the um, expense of medicine. There's the expense of the staff to help out. All of that stuff is, as you mentioned, very expensive. So naturally it would be, okay, the state is taking over the house because, as you said, it's uh, the state will have a say in what to do with that if the house is sold or things like that because you have these expenses that are now adding up. Correct. Am, am, yep. am I, Quickly. I guess, yeah. dumbing this down, if you will, uh, for the people because that's you know kind of what we're worried about right now. Right. That uh, nursing home bill is expensive, tens of thousands of dollars a month sometimes. That money's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, it, it's uh, and if someone asks, you know, what the uh, um, what the number is, like, well, what are we worried about here? Um, someone says, well, my, you know, my grandmother was in a nursing home years ago, and I remember that was, you know, uh, twenty two hundred dollars a month. Well, now we're between eleven and twelve thousand dollars a month just in our listening area, mm-hmm. in, in our common listening area. If you happen to be listening on the web and you're outside the state of Wisconsin, well, number one, you made a bad choice, you know, living there. <laughs> uh, just let's, yeah, no, no offense to uh, to anything, but uh, but. But really, when we think about the state of Wisconsin, that the the numbers and, and obviously there can be outliers where it's even more expensive. But I would say the most common one for true nursing home care, a skilled nursing facility is between eleven and twelve thousand dollars a month for assisted living. There's there's a lot of variation in assisted living. So if if you can qualify for that, that's wonderful because that's probably more in the oh, we probably see the five to eight thousand dollar range, mm-hmm. which is crazy to say these days that it's much more affordable <laughs> To say five to right. eight thousand dollars, eight thousand dollars a month times twelve months is ninety six thousand dollars a year. That's kind of the you know within the range of some assisted living facilities. I mean to say that's that we're getting off easy with with that number mm-hmm. is it's it really is kind of um, shocking. And sometimes that's you know that happens to people where um, there's a, a surprise. You know someone had a, a health event and they've been in the hospital for the last few days and they're going to get discharged to a, a rehab facility or a, a nursing home is what that means and. You know, you take a look at the cost, and it is it is really eye-watering. Like they say, this, like I had no idea this was the cost. So, you know, what can you do? So I would say, you know, if you say, what if I find myself in that situation? What if I have a, a relative in that situation? The, uh, you know, the first thing I think is just realize there are things you can do. So it's not hopeless. Uh, it's not the end. Uh, you know, you're not, uh, if you don't do anything, really what ends up happening is, again, Mike, kind of to echo a little bit of what you said is, is, the you know the 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 powers that be really then do start to control the movement of your money. Now it doesn't mean that you can't ever have a fish fry again, or it doesn't mean that uh, again you have to leave your home. That's that's not the case. But what they do is they really really restrict the movement of what you can do with your money because again they don't want your house, they don't want your car, they don't want any of your stuff. What they want is your money, and and it's it's very specific. It's very not emotional. You know, sometimes it, this is a very emotional, obviously, uh, a time in people's lives. 
And one of the things that the state deals with is they say it's not emotional at all. It's just, it's a math problem. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's math and a calendar is what I tell people sometimes is, uh, you know, just what can you keep and how long can you keep it? So if someone said, I'm married, I just want to stay living in the house and maybe I was the breadwinner or I had the IRA or I had the 401k, that's a little bit easier. So uh, a lot of times we can hold that off. And then when someone says, well, what I really want to do then is, then I'm, when I pass away, I want to give it to my kids. You go, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, there's, mm-hmm. is there a way to keep some money in your name? Yes. Uh, and then can I, when I pass away, it goes to the kids. We say, well, then that's where the state, again, they don't want your house. They don't want your car. They really don't even want your IRA, but they want to restrict, you know, the movement of where that goes. So we start to get into, you know, those types of things. So sometimes it's just an inventory. You know, a lot of times in our office, and, and I'm sure a lot of places are the same, we just say, what do you have? Like, what assets do you have? Uh, what income do you have in each spouse's name? And, uh, you know, the what's the cost of the care right now? And then what we do is we can kind of plug it into, um, there's some, some, some changes as to the value of what Wisconsin uh, uh, kind of lets you divide this by. Um, and that's the, those are the numbers we're waiting for Wisconsin now, probably over the next four weeks, the numbers for 24. Um, and they say, well, that... And obviously, Wisconsin kind of skews those in, in their favor. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, again, the bureaucrats in Madison uh, always have a way to to kind of just nudge it where they get a little bit more than than you would have expected. But it's part of the deal. So we say, is there anything you can do and what are your goals? So if your goals are, I'd like to just hold this off a little bit um, and I never did any planning at all. Can you please just just hold hold off the the loss of as much of this money as possible so I can at least live? So I don't fall into what what the state actually calls the spousal impoverishment area. That that that's that's the level they can take the spouse down to. Can I stay out of this spousal impoverishment? And there's some things we can do to do that. If someone says, okay, now the next the next step is is there anything I could eventually give to the kids? I'd say that one's a little bit more difficult. Uh, ideally, what we do is we plan ahead for that. You know, the farther ahead you plan before someone needs long-term care, that's easier. Um, but we'll go through that calculation. And I think you just kind of order what are the rules, um, what are your goals, and then, uh, you know, let's get to work. He is Alan Halgum. We're making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. As always, we will be willing to take your phone calls at 715-845-2155. So if you have a question for the attorney, feel free to give us a call, and we will connect you after this here on WSAU. 550 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. Working our way towards the daytime high of about 50 today as we're talking with uh, Alan Halgum today for making financial sense. And Alan, uh, you know, a lot of stuff in that first segment about what can be done uh, to your income in the event that yourself or one of your spouses needs long-term care. And as I just kind of said to you, I'm sure a lot of people listening just just got a deer in the headlights look saying, wait a minute, this can't be right. I can be working this, you know, how many years at one job, building up a 401k, building up equity in a house, other investments and things like that. And then all of a sudden, I get cancer late in life, get to a point where I'm going to need uh, some sort of long-term care for a year or more. And all of a sudden, all of that is gone because... I need to put myself into a nursing home. I'm sure that's probably something that people don't want to hear when they get to your office. It is. You know, I, I would say uh, for the single person, because you, you do have the two scenarios, but you're absolutely right. It is a, a very stark uh, reality of, of the numbers. And it's, it's, it's difficult to, to swallow sometimes 
the uh, um, just just that you know when someone's confronted with you know just the that calculation I guess is the best way to put it and there's differences you know um, you know if you're married there are certain like we said there's certain things you can keep you can kind of hold off or the state just says yeah you keep those for now then when you need nursing home care or you pass away we'll come back and get them they have something called the estate the estate recovery program E S T A T E so the mm-hmm. state of Wisconsin estate Re- recovery program. Uh, and then they enhanced it. You know, they even uh, gave it oh, their yeah. teeth. They enhanced the state recovery program. But uh, if you're single, then really there isn't much of anything. You know, they basically let you keep the, you know, tangible property, you know, the shirt on your back, the furniture kind of stuff. But other than that, they say you can keep $2,000. And it is one where, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when you need nursing home care, it doesn't mean you're um, that that you are necessarily mentally unable to do things. You know, sometimes there's a mental health issue. Sometimes it's just a physical health issue. Sometimes there's a little bit of both. But, you know, the reality of it is someone's, you know, their health care is changing. Maybe the place they live is changing, obviously. And now their lifetime of, you know, what they were working for, striving for, is just drained by someone else who sets the cost and sets the rules. And there's a little bit of... Um, Oh, I don't even know how to say it politely, but there there might be a little bit of the the dollar amount that is set is is set by different people than it used to be. You know, we'll have questions that say, why did this cost get when did it get to be this this cost? Well, it wasn't one day. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it has gone up at such a steep rate for such a long period of time. And and I tell people kind of here we are, you know, today's the day. It's gonna keep going up at this rate. Um there's you know, uh, different folks have different theories on this that uh, are sort of unofficial theories about who has been purchasing these types of facilities. You know, we're not talking about the county facility or we're not talking about some, with, you know, the old school kind of cinder block. You know, some of these nice places and good care, but, you know, it has been, you know, it's been a little bit corporatized and privatized. In, uh, um, you know, there's been some national, uh, like, investigative journalism about mm-hmm. about that. And, and you know, when you think about it, uh, anyone who's in charge of setting the the price, shall we say, uh, if they have a set of rules that says they have a right to attach your assets, they have a right to restrict the movement of your assets, restrict what happens to the money if you sell your house, they get to go, they get to jump in line. You'll have people who come in regularly who say, I don't have to worry about any of this stuff because we named our kids as the POD. We named mm-hmm. our kids as the payable on death designation on our savings account or our CDs or our bank accounts. And you say, well, wait a minute. The rules say that these medical facilities, they can jump ahead of those kids. Like the cost of the medical facility jumps ahead of the POD. It jumps ahead of your life insurance death benefit. It jumps ahead of the transfer on death designation you have on that piece of land. You know, it jumps ahead of your will. You say it can be in your will. It can be in your... You know, and you say, well, wait a minute, what what protection does that give me then? Well, none. And that's that's the point. You know, so whoever sets the rules gives the the advantageous rules to the people who set the price. So guess what that does to the price? You know, I mean, it's just human nature that they're going to push that higher and higher and higher, even if that is divorced from the actual cost of the care. Um, you know, when you talk to the people who work at the facility, or if you ever go into a skill, an assisted living facility, a skilled nursing facility. There are some wonderful human beings who work there. I mean, of course. it really is. It's it's the kind of thing where um, it is an entirely different class of people who can care for um, the elderly. You know, the that the 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 older generation, um, maybe the more vulnerable generation. I mean, they have the most difficult health needs 
um, in society. In, in And these are the people who will will work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, through holidays, through, you know, bad weather to get there. I mean, everything. Um, they are some of the most, um, I would say, just just caring uh, people and, and beloved, really, by residents. Um, so it, it really is. It's But they're not they're not in the business office. You know, there's mm-hmm. a difference from there. So it's a, uh, th- there's kind of a, a, a different mindset between those. So it, it's just one where as a family, what can you do? You know, is there anything you can do any planning ahead of time? And we should probably mention there's phone calls today. You mm-hmm. know, you know, what is the, what's the number? Is it 715-845-2155? Indeed. The yes. number to call the famous 845-2155, which is, uh, you always, I have to drop an octave when I say that. My, <laughs> I can I can talk at a normal level, but when I'm talking about the phone number, yeah, seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five. Yes, the number to call. Indeed, so. if if you've got <laughs> questions, again, this is your chance to get those answered and uh, at at least get yourself on the right path. You may, you're not going to be able to solve every problem over the phone, of course, but at least you can give people a starting point because Correct. as as we brought up last segment. There is a lot to digest here. This is very complicated, and it takes somebody like the Halgum Law Firm, who have been doing this for 20-plus years and have uh, seen a lot of these scenarios. I'm sure there's a few scenarios you haven't seen, but still, you've you've seen what works and what doesn't in these scenarios, so you can certainly help people out and get them in the right direction. It's it's one where I think you're, you're right about that. You know, Some of them, um, as we even talked during the breaks, you know, we'll get calls from other um, facilities. We'll get calls from, you know, folks who work in, in kind of county and state government and just say that they're running into a scenario they haven't seen, have we? So it really is, I, I would say it's a collaborative community. The attorneys in this area are very collegial. You know, it's not a, there's not, a, um, you know, I mean, sometimes when we see the personal injury billboards where it's, you know, one and then the next and then the next, you're like, well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're kind of competing in that. You know, in this space, it really is when you when you talk to the the folks who do elder law or or the people who you know it, it is very collegial. I we have a, a number of really really good um, law firms and practitioners in this you know this kind of middle section of the state, um, really all over the state. So it, it it's the kind of thing where I think you're drawn to it when the goal is to help those um, who need it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not you know this isn't corporate takeover kind of Wall Street law. You know, this is mom and dad and grandparents and life savings and just, you know, being honest with people about what are the things I don't know? You know, what are the the, the rules, quote unquote, of this that I don't know about, that I don't understand? And can you just just translate that for me? Or is there something I should know that I don't? And just sitting down and, and sometimes that's all it is. It's just information to put someone's mind at ease. And sometimes it's just to take action, say, yes, if you do these three things, you can keep more of your life savings than if you didn't. And it's it's the rules say that. And you just didn't know, you know, you just didn't have the the time or the bandwidth to to dig into it. So let's let's decide if you want to. And if you do great, and if you don't, great. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We'll find out what some of those strategies are next. But first, here's your news from WSAU. 8.37 on this Saturday morning, mostly sunny skies, working our way towards a daytime high of 50 as we are making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. He's Alan Haugam. We are making financial sense today, uh, talking about uh, a a subject that 
not a lot of people want to bring up. We don't want to think about what will happen if it gets to the point where we need to be in a nursing home. But this is planning that needs to get done. And this is the planning that we're doing today here on Making Financial Sense. Alan um, is in a group chat right now, I believe. Uh, and, and, of course, as I call him out, he turns the phone over on the table. Uh, got the look on a look on his face of the kid when, you know, the parents has no phones at the table. Right. That's so, correct. But uh, but for a good reason, because uh, you have gotten your first deer picture of the season. First deer picture of the season has come through, Mike. So uh, a great friend of mine is apparently going to have venison sticks for us um, by the time we get together in February and have, you know, guys weekend. <laughs> of course. So. Yes, and it was a majestic deer, I can tell you that. <laughs> good job, I, Dennis. I, yeah, indeed, very good job. Uh, we'll take some of those later. Uh, Alan, but what we were talking about before the break was some of those strategies that you can implement to make sure that in the event that you need to get into a nursing facility, mm-hmm. that all of your life savings, all of your money except $2,000 and $45 a month stays where you would like it to, or at least most of it, because the yep. government will have to intervene because, again, skilled nursing facilities cost money There's to cost. operate. Absolutely. They have There's, to give, They have to be paid. They should be paid. Indeed. Yep. Absolutely. And there, there is, uh, and that money's got to come from somewhere, and more often than not, it's, you know, the people that are using it. Correct. And what are some of those strategies, though, that you can do to protect okay. your wealth? Well, I think, you know, and there's a, there's a number of different categories. So, uh, in case anyone says, well, that doesn't sound exactly like mine. I'd say the principles are in a nutshell. If someone comes in, I, w- I will give you an example. Someone calls in and says, um, you know, my, uh, uh, my parent is single and I'm the one who kind of handles the checkbook because they're, they're they've had difficulty. Uh, they're single and they need, uh, just true nursing home care. Just let's start there. Uh, and here's the cost. It's, you know, it's 11000 something a month in, in, in our you know, kind of listening area. Like I said, it's very common, maybe a little more than that even. And it keeps going up. Uh, and at this rate, their money is going to be gone in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we do? And and if it's gone, now keep in mind, your expenses. You now, some people people say, well, what's the point? You know, if, if they're in a nursing home, the money goes and then it's gone. And, and then, you know, they just keep right on going, right? Well, their their expenses don't end you still have things that family needs to pay for. Oh, by the way, people still need dental care, you know, which sometimes more dental care, frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they need podiatry. They need equipment. They need a different type of walker or wheelchair, which in in, in some cases, you say, that makes all the difference in someone's just quality of living. I mean, it really is just stark. So what can you do? And what you can do, and it's, I would say this is, uh, if we say that the, the rules, when we print them out, are wider than I can spread between my thumb and my index finger. You mm-hmm. spread those out. The rules are a little bit wider than that, which is difficult to even look at. Um, so mm-hmm. we don't print them out anymore. They're just on the computer. You know, they have been for years. So, but but deep in that, about three quarters of the way deep in that, it says if um, you do, oh, there's probably about three or four things that, uh, and you set it up, uh, that there is a way that you can keep essentially a slush fund. You can keep some dollar amount that uh, that is just there for that um, that nursing home resident. So if they do need clothes, if they need um, a, a new TV, you know, all those kinds of things, that you can keep that. But it is. It's dental care, podiatry, equipment. 
So is there a way we can keep just a savings account, just a slush fund, and it doesn't just drain it right down to $2,000? And the state says, no, you cannot do that unless, <laughs> you know, uh, you go through kind of a, a series of like financial transactions as to how you do it. It's, and this is by the rules. So what we'll do is we'll tell the state, you know, that we are keeping this. Uh, it has to be, it's very particular. And, and for whatever reason, they make it a little bit, you have to jump through all kinds of hoops and mazes to get there. But all of a sudden you say, well, well, you know, mom only had a uh, $120,000 left. Um, but if we do things right, we might be able to keep 60 of it, maybe 65, you know, maybe a little bit more than half of it in that range is very common. And you say, really? And the state lets you do this. They say, yep, <laughs> we have to tell them. Mm-hmm. And we have to go through this this series, and they don't do it automatically. You know, it's not if you right. just ask them. It's not they say, "Oh, well, sure." You have to go through this entire like uh, application process. It's probably about six weeks worth of work, and and you get to the end, and it comes out to a number, mm-hmm. and then not, that number says, "All right, of your hundred and twenty thousand dollars left that you have in the whole world, that's house and savings and CDs and retirement account, everything all combined, um, we calculate that you can keep sixty six thousand two hundred dollars." Say, great. So that's the number you can keep in your separate savings account. The, the rest of it goes. The rest of it is going to go month by month until it's gone. And the state says you can keep that. And if you say, great. So that's it's there. At least it's there. So if I ever do need something, it's available. And, and then sometimes the next question is people will say, well, wait a minute. Well, then when I, if I pass away and I haven't used that $66,000 or whatever the number is, using that as just a generic example, well, then can I give it to my kids? And the state at first glance says, well, we'll make it easy on you. You, It's a little bit easier okay. to keep that money if we get whatever's left when you pass away. And you go, okay. Uh, if you want to save it for the kids, we can't help you. Well, then we have to go to kind of, you know, the second phase of the plan. So, and, and we'll set it up and say, well, how much of that can you, can you keep any of it for the kids? Is there a way to keep it for kids? And there is. And you say, all right. Um, so you say, Behind that, if someone, so even if someone's in a facility now, if they're in a nursing home now, and they've been in a nursing home for years, and their their assets are dwindling, um, and you can see the end of the line, and you're nervous about that, is there a way you can keep some for, for that parent? Yes. Um, if that parent, if their goal is to keep some of that for the kids, can we do it? Yes. So that's the single person. So I'd say there's a little bit to it. Um, there's a couple different ways to do it. And and really all it is is when when we go through this with a family, Generally, what we'll do is we'll walk through that. We'll do the calculations for free. I mean, we just say, it's just math. You know, here's the math. Here's what it is. And if that makes sense. Uh, and then to implement that, you know, the, the, it, like I said, it probably takes a few weeks to do. Mm-hmm. And then when we do it, we do all of our calculations it, and we send it to the state. Everybody takes a look at it and says, here's what we think the number is. We send it to the state. They have 30 days to confirm it, to, to do the math. And, uh, and then assuming we, uh, you know, use the calculator correctly. They mail something back, and it says, "Yep, we've confirmed." So good, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And then, be that 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 money stays in that savings account for that parent, or or that dollar amount stays in the family. Great. Um, if someone says, "Well, it's not a single person situation," because um, like we said, we can do that for even for people not before they need nursing home care. It's even after or while they need nursing home care, or a year or two or three years into their stay. You can do that at any time. Uh, if someone's married, there's a separate set of rules. So the state says that if someone's married, the surviving spouse or the healthy spouse staying living in the home, they call it the community spouse, they're living in the community. But but that that healthy spouse who's still, you know, living at home, uh, that we there's some just kind of bare minimum um, 
amounts that the state will let them keep, really if they do almost nothing. Um, the, you know, one of the, the cases that we had years ago was we had a gentleman that came in and he said uh, that, he said, what do I do? I don't have enough money to pay my wife's um, nursing home bill next month. And I say, well, you know, we can, we'll go through and see how much you can keep. And, and he said, no, no, no. What I mean is like everything that I've had that she's needed nursing home care for years. And, and, and she's gotten down to the point where my, now my checkbook is le- my, my life savings. Everything I have in the entire world is now less than next month's bill. Mm-hmm. And I just about, you know, like I turned white, I'm sure just ghost white thinking at a bare minimum, he could have kept you know, somewhere between 52 to about $120,000 that you can do through the state, you know, with really without, if you're married, um, without a whole lot of paperwork, they'd say, well, they want it when he passes away. And they never did. And, and so someone just, just didn't tell him the truth. You know, it really mm-hmm. is. That's all it is. And, and it's awful. And again, that's one bad apple doesn't mean that, that the whole industry is bad, but, but he certainly ran into one and, and it cost him an extraordinary amount of money. So, so if you're married, there are things you can do. So at the bare minimum, you can keep at least $52,000. And if you do a little work, you know, more in the, you know, depending on, on the, the time frame, you know, you know, the 120, 130, $140,000, um, without a whole lot of work. Now, if you say, okay, that's fine. And then when I pass away, the state gets that, they just, they're just waiting for it. You can. Um, if you said, if you're married and you said, well, wait a minute, can I keep more than that? And so, and, and again, everyone's financial situation is different. So these numbers are, um, in, in no way meaning, you know, this is what every single person mm-hmm. has, but I would say if someone says, well, could I keep 200,000 or 300 or 400 or 500 or all of it? Um, and you can't now the state doesn't tell you that. And when you go into the facility, you might run into the same person that this gentleman did where they get you down to where your, your entire life savings is less than next month's bill and mm-hmm. you have no idea what to do. But, but there's a way that, that if you kind of deal with the state, and again, it takes a little bit of work, a little bit of effort. So can you keep those finances for yourself and then later say, okay, then when I need long-term care or when the second spouse passes away, the state comes back and get it. So yeah, a much bigger number, um, much more work to do, but you can. And again, it's just math and a calendar. And if you say, well, how much of that can I give to the kids then? Because now I'm healthy. I'm still living in the house, and that's that's a goal. Um, well, then sometimes we try to get that work done a little bit ahead of time. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. If you've got a question for Alan, good morning. You're making financial sense. Who are we talking to today? Uh, Dick and Burnhamwood. Uh, just a quick question for Alan. We have an income trust that we set up with him a number of years ago, and I guess the question I have is how often should we come back and have a review? The no, a, a good question. The uh, uh, so don't use your last name on the air. We wouldn't nope, want to divulge nope. any uh, attorney-client <laughs> no, no. privilege, of but, course. But nope. um, but good morning from Burnhamwood. So nope. the I, I think the answer is, you know, different people will tell you different things. I would say at a bare minimum, when anything happens. So the question is, when do we update our plan? When does anyone update their plan? I would say it's really when life changes, or maybe when your goals change. So. Uh, and just kind of describing what, what you did that might not be the case, but where, where your goals, you're kind of, you know, you've gotten to the point where the, the, the long-term goals, the, the preparation goals, really what we're kind of planning to talk about maybe in the last kind of just segment of the show. I would say for, for just the general listening audience, I would say is if something happens where 
um, your assets change. You say, you know, the, you used to live in, in an apartment and you bought a house or you used to have a house. And now you bought a, a place in Florida or a cottage up north or a piece of hunting land. Um, yep. If your family changes, you know, one of the kids that was going to do all the work when uh, when you became incapacitated or when you passed away, well, they moved. You know, they they got a job offer and they moved two states away. And you're like, well, we still love them, but maybe we'll name someone closer to home. I think those kinds of things. Um, you know, at, for us, really, at some point after you've done the planning, um, there's not a lot of care and feeding other than to make sure that if you whatever you have is titled correctly and the beneficiaries are set up correctly, particularly if the, the, the planning, the pre-planning is done to protect it, which sounds like Dick is, uh, is, is, is what the case has been. So, uh, so I would say that's the big thing. Just, so I, I think at least, oh, every, you know, every few years, just have somebody look at it at the very least, just to make sure that, that all those, um, those, those kind of areas are covered. Um, there might not be anything to do. Maybe it's just a little bit of peace of mind, but if otherwise it's, it's if family has changed, um, goals have changed, assets have changed, then certainly do it sooner. So. All right. Yeah. No, those things all make sense. And in our case, we've not had any of that. The, the question I had is more about, you know, rules, laws changing because the government's always fiddling with those things. I just, you know, if there's anything that needs to be updated because of that. I'd say the, the biggest law change in the last several years is really about retirement accounts, not for small IRAs and 401ks, but for the bigger ones, they've changed the tax structure. So if someone, you know, uh, had had a set up a plan and prior to 2020, um, in January of 2020, they changed the rules about how the kids are taxed on your retirement accounts. So yep, if you did it prior to then, eh, then it might be a good time. I would say that would yeah, be a good time yeah. to take a look at it yeah, if, no, if foot, uh, yeah. retirement accounts are are of uh, a significant size. Yeah, my financial advisor is kind of giving me an idea of the impact of those changes in 2020. So yep. I, I have you, an idea of what's going on there. But yeah. You can mute those. Yeah. You can, uh, um, through the estate planning. The financial advisors, right. um, uh, their hands are a little bit tied on what happens after you pass uh, away. So that has to be done through through the estate planning and realistically through through your trust. So I would say right. that would be the, if, if you haven't done it prior to then, that would be the, the, the catalyst to take a look at it. Because you can make, All there's right. some big um, tax savings if you plan for that. All right. I'll need, nope. to, need to give you a call in sometime soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds <laughs> good. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right. Yep. Thank you. Yep. All right. Thanks for the call. You have been warned, Alan. The phone will be ringing this week. <laughs> Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. If you have a question uh, for Alan, we'll have some time in the last segment to squeeze maybe one or two of those phone calls in. But first, here's Chris Conley with this day. Yes, that's right. Uh, 4.30 pregame show, 6.30 kickoff tonight for the Badgers against Nebraska. I was just telling uh, Alan, a proud UW graduate here, as we wrap up another edition of Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. If you are so inclined, you can get in the stadium today, get in the door for $15 to watch Senior Day, the Badgers, and the Cornhuskers. I don't know how comfortable I am with that number. Listen, I almost want it to be higher, just, you know, but uh, I guess that hey. ticket, that the the ticket price has come down just a smidgen. Yeah, it, so. you know, it, hey, there's stuff, there's other stuff going on today. Deer hunting, Al. We appreciate you listening while you're in the tree stand. Uh, hope that you get that buck that you've been chasing all year. Again, good luck uh, to you, and of course, hunt safely today. So we wrap things up here on another another edition of Making Financial Sense on uh, WSAU and Allen. A thing that we've been talking about today is how to protect your income, how to protect your assets in the event mm-hmm. that you are uh, 
confined to a uh, nursing home, a skilled care facility, something like that. Last thing I wanted to ask you about is the uh, the insurance aspect, because, of course, there's insurance for everything. Yep. The Super Bowl trophy is insured through <laughs> uh, Lloyd's of London. You know, you some pe- some celebrities have certain features insured. You can take out long-term care insurance, and I'm sure this is a question that you get uh, quite often mm-hmm. at your office. So give us, I, I guess, quickly in the time that we have left here, give us the pros and cons of that. We love it. Number one, I love, love, love long-term care insurance. Some people call it nursing home insurance, unequivocally. Um, the And the reason is because it happens so often. It is so common for people to have. And you can, I mean, you know, hit the internet search and find out, you know, for a married couple at 65, you know, what are the, the likelihood that one of them is going to need a nursing home stay for some period of time that becomes really financially uncomfortable. Um, and just the concept of nursing home insurance, long-term care insurance is phenomenal. I would say, and everyone who sells long-term care and nursing home insurance would tell you the same thing, but every single one of those people would tell you the sticker shock is, um, might be even more more shocking than the cost of nursing home care. And the reason is because the insurance companies have sharp pencils. And if they're going to insure you for it, they are going to extract their pound of flesh up front. And, and I say that's that's really the, the, the dynamic of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned the sticker shock, but this is something where uh, some advanced planning, it can certainly do some good. So in the oh, last yeah. uh, couple of minutes that we have left, uh, do you... I mean, do you recommend, say, somebody like me, healthy male in their mm-hmm. 30s? Is is it something I should think about? So so healthy, um, you know, male in their 30s, broad chest, broad-shouldered, oh, like, yeah. obviously, yeah. you know, difficulty finding shirts because, you know, you mm-hmm. got to get, like, the packs into them and all that kind of Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's uh, I think you go in there, and, and they would love you there mm-hmm. because you're young and healthy, and you're not going to need long-term care for a number of years. Um I think it's so I absolutely what I always tell people is I think everyone should get a long term care insurance quote. You should go in, see if you qualify, and if you do, what's the cost? Now there is a certain age at which they just will not do it. You know, once you get into I forget if it's, you know, later sixties or seventy or something, mm-hmm. it's just like they're just a cutoff. But if you do, um I, th- I think it's great. What people used to do, you know, the twenty years ago policy was you paid them a premium every year. You pay, give them a few thousand dollars every year. And that, I mean, that's the number, you know, in the old days, it was even, you know, a couple thousand a year. And then they would pay you some percentage of your nursing home cost if, and when you ever needed it mm-hmm. for a year or two years or four years or whatever the, whatever the coverage period was. Um, those have been for the most part, uh, seem to have been replaced at least certainly the popularity. We don't see those very much at all as a new policy anymore. Um, and, and even those were, staggeringly expensive. Uh, the new ones are more of if you want long-term care insurance that the 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 insurance, the insurer will say, you give us $50,000 or give us $100,000 or some lump sum is mm-hmm. much more common. And then they will give you some multiple of that as coverage. So depending on your age and your health, that if you give them that lump sum, they will give you double that as long-term care insurance coverage or two and a half times or whatever the multiplier is. And again, it all depends on your age and your health. So it's, so some people say, wait a minute, I have to give that number. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I get two and a half times that. Now, by the time you need long-term care, you know, you, you kind of balance that against what did you purchase? Um, and you say, well, if I didn't, if I change my mind, can I take my money back? You know, there's different policy features that let you get out if you change it later. But I would say, so I just take a look at it. But I think that's that's more of, um, you know, talk about hybrid policies and those things. 
any coverage is good. What I would recommend, I think, if somebody has a takeaway, is see if you can get coverage for home health care. Just mm-hmm. home health care, because sometimes that's the important thing. Do I have coverage? Not for $11,000 a month. Nobody can afford that insurance, frankly. But but if I have something that says, if I need long-term care, there's a pool of money that will instantly be created that will keep me in my home and out of a facility for a little bit longer. I think that's what I would ask my insurer. So. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And if somebody's got questions, how do they get a hold of you during the week? Probably the easiest. We have uh, offices in, in Wausau and Rhinelander, but we serve the entire state. Uh, but our phone number is 715-843-5001, 843-5001, or on the, on the internet at haugumlaw.com, H-O-U-G-U-M-L-A-W, haugumlaw.com. Alan, always appreciate the time. We'll look forward to uh, chatting again, well, the next time you're called into action. Thank you for the hospitality, Mike. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right.